Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeBreeze, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Jamie Smith, Burnley FC fan. I host the Nolan Ever podcast and blog for ESPN FC. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan. You can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. All right, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs. Uh, Jamie, when I invited you on the show, you said there wasn't that much to talk about. Um, (laughs) But uh, obviously, the results today mean that you are officially safe, although it had looked that way for quite some time. Uh, What else uh, was happening at Burnley this week? Yeah, well, we lost at Bournemouth uh, on Saturday. Not really a surprise to talk about an away defeat for Burnley. 14 for the season. Um, I think only Hull end with a worse away record um, than us. But the goal was always to stay in the Premier League. So any sort of complaining just sounds really um, just like ungrateful to make any sort of criticism of, of Sean Dyche or any of the players. You just sound a bit ridiculous. Um, obviously Hull and Middlesbrough have been relegated straight back to the Championship we've stayed up relatively easily really um, if we hadn't had such a poor run in the last couple of months then we could have been halfway up the league so um, it, it's been a, a funny season really in that I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't push on a bit in the final third of the season but also even if we finish 17th in the end it's a success so it's it's a difficult one. I thought on Saturday the team looked a bit tired at times. They'd put a lot into the last couple of games to get the last few points that we needed to be certain. Um, obviously a big relief to have mathematical certainty today because even if Hull had won, um, I think we'd have still been worried that they could win about 15 nil next weekend and send us down so <laughs> there was still that nagging suspicion which I think tells you everything you need to know about Burnley fans that we've still been a little bit worried until it was absolutely certain um, so yeah looking forward to next season really it's been a bit of a slog at times getting used to the Premier League again and losing a lot of matches a lot of deja vu with the, the away performances but overall I think we've we've got to be pretty pleased with the way it's gone and and hope we can just add a bit more creativity to the team next season and maybe be a bit more entertaining to watch because it's been a bit difficult for the last few weeks. Yeah, well, definitely glad um, that this time you are indeed staying up. Last time, obviously, when you went back down, you lost a few key players uh, like Ings, like Trippier, who came to us and is finally playing, by the way. So that's yeah, yeah. Uh, delightful. Uh, just curious as to, I know we've talked about Keane in the past. Are you worried about any other players potentially moving on? Uh, it's difficult to say, really. I think everyone accepted that Keane was going to go this summer a year ago. So everyone's pretty much come to terms with that. I don't think it's a surprise that a mystery injury has kept Michael Keane out of the last two games. I think he'll probably be on the bench next week and he'll come on for the last couple of minutes so everyone can say goodbye to him. Um, So that one's been on the cards for a while. It's just a case of where he goes and how much money we get for him. Um, a, a couple of others, I think there's been a lot of talk about Andre Gray. Seems to be a different club in the papers every week, which suggests to me that his agent is trying to manufacture something. Gray's been on the bench for the last couple of games and he must be thinking he could go to a different Premier League club, get more minutes, get better service. So I wouldn't be too surprised if he moves on like Keane. He's got one year left on his contract, so... 
we're in the situation where if he doesn't want to sign a, a renewal, then we're going to have to cash in. So that's one to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be too surprised if Gray left. Um, I think they'll be interested in Tom Heaton. Um, this season seems to be the one where people have really noticed how good Tom Heaton is, whereas he's gone a bit under the radar before now. Um, 10 clean sheets I think he kept in the league, which is excellent for a team that's been towards the bottom of the table for most of the season. Um, the, the benefit for us with, with Heaton is that he is club captain. He's got roots in the area. He's family of Burnley fans, so I think we've got a better chance of keeping him than Keenan Gray, for example. And then the last one that Again, similar to Keane, I think everyone's already accepted that this one's going to happen is Stephen Defoe. Um, when he came to the club, everyone was very excited. It seemed like we'd laid down a marker to bring a player of that experience, title-winning class. He's played in the Champions League. But it's just not really happened for him at Burnley for whatever reason. He played quite well at the start of the season. And Dash seemed to just lose a bit of trust in him. It's been so long since we've seen much of Defoe. It's always been an unused sub for the last few games. He's had injury problems, so he's been unavailable for a month at a time, a couple of times. So we've not really seen the best of Stephen Defoe. I think he's got a lot more to offer, but it seems likely to me that he's probably going to move on and go to one of the rich boy leagues where he can earn a lot more money for a lot less effort. Yeah, and uh, one last uh, player to talk about. Barton finally got his gambling suspension. Are you expecting that he'll stay on by next season, or will he depart? I don't know what's going to happen with that, to be honest. Um, I think that the club obviously knew that this was a possibility when they signed him, um, which I think was probably part of the reason it was such a short-term deal. He only signed until the end of this season. Um, But the suspension is so long. I think Barton's said that it basically forces him into an early retirement. If he appeals and gets it reduced, then I think there's a possibility that we, we re-sign him after it's done. But at the minute, I, I can't see any other resolution other than that Barton never plays football again. Um, obviously, it's a very complex case and, and Barton's been quite open that he's he's got a gambling addiction problem. Um, and it, it seems very odd to me that we can see stories about the, the England captain, Wayne Rooney, losing half a million pounds in a casino, and that's apparently fine. But you play some bets on football and then you're not, you're not allowed to play again. Um, so it, it seems awfully harsh to me to, to punish someone who's got a mental health problem by then taking away his livelihood. It doesn't seem like much of a responsibility um, to the player himself. So although I accept Joey's done wrong and he had to be punished, um, it seems over the top to me. And I, I hope we see him play again because it would be a massive shame if that's the way that that his career ends. Yeah, obviously uh, that's a very strange situation, but it uh, will be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, I, I was expecting maybe he could find second life in another league, which you're saying he might just be done? I think it's a, a ban from all football activity. Oh, um, I'm not sure if that's just applicable. Oh, that's for... not just from the FA then. That's from for English football. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but Barton said that he's pretty much going to retire. I don't think he can go and play for somebody else. Um, when he signed for us, he had a one-match ban from the Scottish FA for the same thing, um, which he had to serve with us. So that suggests to me that, yeah, he's, he's pretty much done. Dan, obviously uh, Arsenal showed up big this weekend, did their part uh, by getting all three points, Liverpool's result today obviously makes things a bit more difficult. But what's been your view as an Arsenal fan this weekend? Um, I mean, it could have gone worse. We could have lost to Stoke. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was actually, that was the first time that fixture's been enjoyable in a very long time. But um, ultimately, our short-lived, our optimism was pretty short-lived. Um yeah, I was always I, I kind of accepted the fact that we weren't going to make the Champions League a while I was assuming Southampton and Stoke away would be the final nails in the coffin because those are always fixtures we really struggle at. Uh, Southampton we hadn't won at back in the Premier League, um, and Stoke we haven't won at since oh nine ten season, I think. Uh, so those are fixtures I expect to drop points in. We actually and then we saw West Ham just don't they just they're kind of useless didn't really do anything for us um got absolutely smacked by liverpool so yeah now the hope's gone goodbye hope you were fun for a few days (laughs) um 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if we're relying on West Ham Football Club to beat uh, Liverpool. We're, we haven't put ourselves in the best situation now, have we? But uh, yeah, no, I'm, it's not looking great, I have to say. Relying on Middlesbrough and uh, Callum Chambers and his cat drawing skills. Look up, there is a tweet out there of anyone listening. Find it, it's hilarious. Um, relying on them or having... West Brom and Watford both take points off Manchester City is, one could say, not ideal. Um, not ideal. Or even so, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Um, yeah, we're probably in this Champions League. Life's probably, and then, you know, Alex is probably gonna go. Those might go. Life might suck, but it's fine. Um, yeah, but the game was fun. We beat Stoke 4-1. Drew scored twice. Uh, Alexis scored a goal despite apparently being, or he asked to be taken off, then scored, then got taken off. And uh, Ozil scored a goal, which is a very good goal from a very good pass from Alexis. Great that goal was fun. from Alexis, yeah. That was enjoyable. Yeah, interesting to hear you say um, Alexis is probably going. It, it, obviously, that would be a huge blow, losing a, a player of that kind of ability. But do you think there's a chance that you could then refund the squad and, and potentially build throughout, maybe improve the defense is an idea. Um, I mean, in theory, sure. But um, it, it, Alexis is obviously very, very good and extremely difficult to replace. Um, again, these are very obvious statements that I'm making. It's not groundbreaking <laughs> analysis. Alexis Sanchez is good at football. But um. Yeah, it's it, it will be difficult to replace him. I think if if we lose Alexis, we probably need both a winger and a striker. If we, if we don't lose Alexis, I'm a very happy person. But uh, it, and we'll probably need I don't know. Depends on the. I think we'll need a central midfielder, but that's probably lower down the pecking order. Consider because we have no idea what's going to happen with half our midfielders between Ramsey has, I think two years left on his contract and has not had a great last season. Um, get even argue season and a half. Wilshire is just, please go. Um, but no one will buy him because he has a broken leg now. That's great. Uh, and he only has one year left on his deal. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe saying, uh, it'd probably be hard for us to be able to keep him. And everyone was like, is that really what the situation is? You know, I think Eddie might be lying to us. Damn you, Eddie. No, um, he, has the face of a, he has the face of an angel. Surely he, he would never lie to us like Eddie that. wouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't think he'd do that. I agree with Jamie. Oh, look at Eddie. He's so adorable. He can't be lying. Oh, wait. It's um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Francis Coughlin's bad at football. Even if he actually played reasonably well at weekend. Gotta give him that since I always give him enormous amounts of stick. He actually played pretty well. Good job, Francis. Um, you're better than the guy from Deadpool. Uh uh, Mohamed Omani just doesn't play for some reason. I like him over Coughlin. I don't know, like, he's fine, but he doesn't play, so that's weird. Um, Jacques has actually been pretty good since we went to three of the back, so I like. I think we can keep, or he's good. I think he's probably the one central midfielder I'm pretty happy with right now. But yeah, it's going to be, if we lose Alexis, which we probably will, um, I think there would be a chance of us losing him, even if we did get Champions League. Without it, I can't see us keeping him, which sucks. But um yeah, it's going to be an interesting rebuild. Yeah, uh, but hey, maybe the... we'll give him 350k a week and he'll stay. I don't know, but probably <laughs> not. Um, one of the topics today was going to be who did we all think we're going to finish in the top four, but since you're the Arsenal fan and you don't think it's going to happen, I suppose we can circumvent that. Um, so I guess I'll ask you, what do you think the impact will be, assuming that you do miss out on Champions League? Um, Aside, obviously, from leaving. Yeah. Yes, Alexis leaving, probably. Ozil leaving, maybe. Um, less certain about that, because he is more tied to the city and likes the club and stuff. Uh, Alexis is more just, I want to win things and get paid a lot of money, which is fine. That's how you should be here, professional footballer. That's your job. Um, not, I'm not going to be one of those bitter people who um, hates the person for leaving when like he's totally justified to leave. It'll suck. It'll really suck if he goes to a Premier League club, but if especially if he goes to like, Bayern or PSG, yeah, it was a few good years, buddy. <laughs> if you could leave one of Adam or Humber, that would be great. But if not, fine. Um, I have no idea what situation Wenger is. I think he'll stay. And that may not be the right decision. That probably isn't the right decision. But I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a mess. Uh, it'll be really, really funny when we draw nil-nil to some side from Albania and Arsenal fan TV literally explodes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and we'll have less. I don't know. I don't think the financial issue or thing is as big an issue as it would have been three years ago. Like financially, missing out on the top four is nowhere near as damaging as it would have been prior to the quote-unquote Ozil era. Mm. And prior to the Premier League deal of two years ago now. Yeah, that's a biggie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, after I think it was fourteen, we got new um, kit deals and stadium de- sponsorship deals. Which oh, the Puma swap thing. and yeah, yeah. The, having the terrible, terrible, terrible deals negotiated before the uh, Emirates move run out. That was kind of a point where it's like, okay, we can miss out on the Champions League and it won't financially cripple us. Right. Yeah. Um, moving from that on to cruelly, perhaps uh, the successes of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Today, uh, Tottenham beat Manchester United 2-1 uh, to complete an unbeaten season at White Hart Lane in its last season. Uh, obviously, a lot of emotions flowing today. There are some skeptics as to the levels of <laughs> celebration that occurred, um, which well, I suppose can't, is understandable. You can't pay God for a rainbow. It's too over the top. <laughs> but then it happened, right? As they were singing Glory, Glory, Tottenham Hotspur. It's clearly a sign of divine providence. But... <laughs> um, as for the match today, because we had to play the match uh, before we could get to all the celebrations. But uh, you know they didn't play. <laughs> uh, they sure did not. That is accurate. Uh, first of all, they played five center backs. And if you count Dyer for us, we played three center backs. So eight center backs on the pitch led to what I would assume would have been a very boring match. But ended up not really being so, although they did play heavily defensively to the surprise of very, very few. Um, getting Wanyama to score. Uh, early on the header that he did and doing it so on a set piece, which we have largely struggled on this season to score from. A lot of that coming down to Christian Eriksen's deliveries this season have been of much lower quality from set pieces, um, whether they be direct or from corners and stuff like that. Um, But then obviously today, just to make everybody question that, uh, he was involved in the corner that uh, Davis sent in for the Wanyama header. He also had the assist on the Kane goal, um, which was huge for him. Eriksen also this week won... Our club's player of the year, which I was pretty surprised by. Um, I know I'm one of the uh, last people to to buy in fully on Ericsson. I, I think there are some uh, problems that happen in our team when he's there. Um, but he uh, has had a very good second half of the season. But the, the fact that it didn't go to Kane, who had 22 goals in basically nine fewer matches than Lukaku, who's on 24, uh, is pretty impressive. Um, but anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to go on this weird aside about Ericsson. Um, he was very good today and has been for the second half of the season, and he did win our club player of the year. Della Ali won our young player of the year, now weirdly cycling back to the actual match today. Um, Wayne Rooney, very unfortunately, uh, scored the final goal ever at White Hart Lane. No Tottenham fan will ever forget that very annoying piece of trivia. Um and for a, a second, it looked like they were going to fight back into it. They played a long ball over the top to Marcus Rashford, who just about beat out uh, Vertonghen and Toby, but uh, put the shot wide. And, and he did get um, some contact from both of them uh, at basically the last second. Um, but yeah, fortunately, we were able to hold on and win. One of those matches where we, as Spurs fans, we, we knew we needed to score a third goal. We didn't, and fortunately got away with it, but that obviously would have spoiled the day uh, if Manchester United had gotten back on the score sheet. But as it is, the result of that is that we have officially sealed second. We've had our most, our highest points tally in the Premier League, uh, our highest record in the Premier League era being in second place. Um, frustrating that it's happened two years in a row, um, but much like Dan said, he basically resigned himself to losing Champions League a while ago. I resigned myself to not winning the title. Uh, quite some time ago, the West Ham thing was just the nail, the, the the first bit of dirt on the coffin. How about that? The last nail, I feel, had already been put in. Um, but still a fantastic season. Um, very pleased for uh, all the fans of this club that we were able to achieve the things we did this year. Still no trophies. I think that's going to be the main goal uh, next year. I was talking with a, a friend of mine who's a Manchester City fan and uh, just saying that it's it's like, uh, what was that, two or three years ago when City had done well enough in the league that they were just like, whatever, the Champions League. Like, we could finish 10th as long as we get out of the group stages of the Champions League. Um, I think it'll be like that with a trophy next year. I think we'll go way stronger in, um, in the League Cup, in the FA Cup, uh, in the Champions League, obviously, that one, a touch less likely uh, for us to win. And then, obviously, in the league, uh, Harry Kane, after the match today, saying, well, last year we finished third. This year we finished second. So there's only only one more spot to go, um, 
which is a lovely, optimistic way of viewing it. Although I don't think anybody for a second would think that, that will be an easy feat. Um, but if you were making a graph of projections, that's, you know, the next one is one. So let's do that. Um, as for the celebrations themselves, it was very touching for Spurs fans, although I'm sure it was way too much for uh, neutrals and uh, people that aren't neutrals, people that dislike Tottenham on the whole. Um, but having all the legends go out there, I thought was great. Um, uh, Ledley and Peter Crouch, weirdly, I think got the two loudest cheers. Um, maybe just because they're more modern, I, I suppose, that, that there's a higher likelihood that more people in the stands uh, were aware or were at least around while they were playing for us. Um, was really disappointed personally that Rafael von der Vaart didn't go. Um, I know that he's in like the Swedish second division or some nonsense because he had possibly the most rapid decline of ability I've ever seen. Um, but that would have been great for me personally. But on the whole, it was all super nice. There was a gospel choir. There was a band. There were two separate video tributes. Daniel Levy made some comments. Uh, there was an opera guy singing Glory, Glory, Tottenham Hotspur. It was, uh, okay, yeah, no, it was definitely a lot. But it was a lot in a good way uh, as long as you were uh, Tottenham fan. The weird thing is that the players didn't get to, the, the current players did come on at the very end. Um, but they didn't get to do a lap of honor by themselves because all the legends were already out on the pitch. So it just kind of ended up being everybody doing laps of honor, which is pretty strange, especially in what was such a record setting season, um, especially in the Premier League era for Tottenham. But uh, all in all, can't complain. It was very nice. Um, I think it's going to be crazy tomorrow because demolition starts tomorrow on White Hart Lane. That's how close the uh, timetables are to get us ready for August 2018. Um, next year, obviously, Wembley. Uh, there is news that we are going to take the cockerel um, from the stands and put it uh, up at Wembley, which is, I'm surprised, was allowed to happen. The other news about Wembley last week, I talked about our struggles on big pitches. We have formally submitted um, a proposal to lower the pitch size at Wembley, um, but there's no way we could do it as small as White really? Hart Yeah, yeah, genuinely. Um, really? the on- yeah, the only reason uh, we <laughs> were able to have... Big? We can't go uh, yeah, no, we're genuinely really bad on yeah, bigger no, pitches. Yeah, no, it has a pretty huge of, effect, especially on a team like, like pressing team. presses like that. Like, mm-hmm. apparently, I didn't realize White Hart Lane is actually smaller than the regulations are supposed to be. It's true, apparently, because the, the stand is so city. close to the ground, there's literally not enough space. Yeah, there's no, no space. And then Wembley is bigger than most, so it's like it's a genuinely pretty significant difference, I, I understand. Yeah. But yeah, so we asked. Uh, <laughs> I'd be surprised if we get approved to our old pitch dimensions because, as Dan said, it's actually below regulation. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, we'll see. I will say um, that one of uh, – because last week I realized I sounded kind of whiny about it. Um, but what I will say is we have had a training pitch at Hotspur Way this whole year that was the dimensions of Wembley. And we had it made ever since we made it into the Champions League and knew we'd be playing there. So uh, – it, it is on us. Like we, We've had the opportunity to play there, but it does mess with our play style, as Dan mentioned. Um, but anyway, so yeah, end of the season. Second place for us. Uh, nothing really left. I'd expect a fair amount of rotation. Maybe maybe we'll give Sissoko one last shot before he goes back to Newcastle. Sorry, Jake. Um, and other, other <laughs> things like that. Wow, there's um, one way to kill a promotion celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, they're interested, and that would be the most fantastic thing to occur. Um, but uh, I was asking them, uh, both Dan and Jamie, if anybody was going to leave for them. For us, I think Sissoko is definitely leaving. Um, us getting second in Champions League, I think, eliminates the possibility, that, the small possibility that Toby or uh, Hugo would leave. I don't think Della leaves yet. Um, the, the big name that could leave is Kyle Walker. Um, I was on here ranting a couple of weeks ago, uh, about all the Kyle Walker rumors about there being a falling out because that did not occur. Um, but that does not mean that he isn't frustrated that he has now missed, um, the FA cup semifinal, the, uh, North London Derby, and now didn't start in the match today, although he did come on, uh, towards the end. Um, so he did technically play in it. Um, but that's, obviously the big name that could uh, potentially move on for us. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. All right. And as I mentioned uh, during Dan's bit, we were going to talk about who we thought was going to finish in the top four. I expected Dan to be much more optimistic, but that is not the case. Uh, okay, but we life have... is a hopeless slog. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we do have plenty of other things to talk about, um, especially as we do not typically do a Match Week 38 show. Um, we do the segments throughout the week following where we check in with most of our correspondents throughout the year and ask, uh, more specific questions about the club instead of having to rush through it in one show. Uh, so with this kind of being the season finale, uh, as far as the full-length shows go for us, I'm curious to hear what were each of your uh, favorite moments of the season from the league and favorite uh, moment of the season for your club. Uh, it's, it's difficult to pick one out for me because I've, I've not been to as many games as I'd like uh, this season. But I think one of our, our best moments was probably... Um, Crystal Palace at home um, we gone 2-0 up quite early in that game and then sat back and let Palace on to us this was back in November when we were in really good form at home as well and then Palace scored twice in the second half it looked like they were going to go on and win it and then we scored with pretty much the last kick of the game um, on the break and it's always fantastic to see your team win it with a last minute goal but especially when I was convinced that they were going to go on and win it um, themselves, Palace. So I think that was that was a really important turning point for us. And even now, if you look at the table, if we'd lost that game instead of winning it, then we could have been still in trouble going into the last day. Um, I'm sure the fans that that were there last week as well would put Palace away right up there with the highlights as well. Only game we've won away from home all this season. Did the double over Palace, so that's something nice as well but yeah hopefully more away victories next season and hopefully we'll score a goal at the away games I go to next season because the only one that I saw in I think five or six away games was at Spurs where we actually took the lead and our fans were singing how bleep must you be we're winning away and it lasted (laughs) for about five minutes I think before Spurs equalised so yeah I'd like to see us score a goal away from home again and maybe be in the lead for a little bit longer Fair enough. Uh, Dan? Well, if we're going to stay on last-minute goals, I could say Koscielny's handballing against Burnley just to piss Jamie off. I could <laughs> hey, say that. That was quite hey. funny. Both <laughs> times. Both times robbed by Arthur. Still furious. Still oh, fun. that was really funny. Oh, that was fun. Uh, I'd say that. The Chelsea win was fun, and those was Hatcher against Ludogratz. Both games against Ludogratz were actually weirdly fun. Those were fun. Uh, Ozil had a hat trick. Then Ozil went and did what he did to the Ludogratz entire defense and goalkeeper in the away in the away game. Those were fun moments. We haven't had many fun moments in the second half of the season. It's been mostly awfulness. But um, I'll go. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the Kashelmi handball winner just to piss Jamie off. Sorry, Jamie. Unbelievable. <laughs> I love that you started that you weren't going to do it because you didn't want to and then I said ended I could. up doing it anyway. I never said I didn't want to. <laughs> it's worked. I just I say it's a possibility. <laughs> Let me think of others. Nope, none better than that. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> yep, I don't feel like you're that sorry. Okay, uh, for me, I kind of have two um, from the Spurs side. Um, one being my usual fan experience, which is... <laughs> Uh, here in the States, uh, Della Ali's first headed goal against Chelsea. That match was so nervy. Um, to open up scoring like that, I had a, a fair few friends over uh, to watch that one. And 
for him to just leap all the way over as Pilaqueta like that, and then later to do it again, um, was absolutely terrific. And the, the the crazy thing is, is when we beat Chelsea, we weren't in the title race. That was to try to make sure that we were on pace for top four. And then we just basically forgot to lose for the next seven or eight matches, um, <clears throat> which was obviously great. Um, I'm not going to get into the bottling thing again. I went on like a three-minute rant about that last week. Um, yeah, that was cool. My, the, the one that really sealed the deal for me this year was I, I was fortunately able to get to White Hart Lane this season in the last season. Um, and there were three great goals. Uh, one by Dembele, one by Son, who should have laid it off to Kane, by the way. But then Kane got his in the second half anyway. But the just, of course, moment, like the <laughs> pinnacle of great just luck was that I was there for Vincent Janssen's first goal from open play in the Premier League. And as a Dutch supporter and somebody that um, wanted Janssen all of last year, we finally got him. It obviously didn't work out. He was not as far along in his development as we wanted him to be. But for him to score in my in, in the match that I got to go to at White Hart Lane was just so... just. Uh, <laughs> to, to borrow a phrase from Dan, it was so dumb. <laughs> like the fact that he hadn't done it all year, the fact that he had scored twenty plus goals last season, came to the Premier League. I think he's under five in all competitions, and I managed to be there for the first one from open play in the Premier League. Was just uh, just a ridiculous but terrific moment um, for me personally. Um, as for the to tweet him and Levy and Pochettino or email or whatever them just relentlessly saying when I'm there, Janssen scores. Janssen scores. <laughs> and then just get Move me here. Buy me season tickets. Here. Thank you very yep. much. You're welcome. I'm the I'm the secret. Um, <laughs> it's all me. <laughs> I am the secret. I. You know what? I will take credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my one for the league, and this is only a recent re- uh, revelation um, for me. Uh, is, and probably not for people listening at home, uh, I didn't realize how heavy of a Swansea bias I have. And I don't really know where it came from. Um, but uh, Swansea's win last week against Sunderland, after Sunderland had kind of messed up Hull, um, leading into today um, with uh, Crystal Palace beating Hull and, and sealing Swansea staying up. I, I don't know what it is. I And I, I tweeted this out a while ago, but... Um, I just genuinely think that the Premier League is a better league with Swansea in it. I, I love the mentality, well, the former mentality of the club before the owners bought it and messed stuff up. But then they brought in Paul Clement, who obviously restored things. Their defense has been much better. I saw a ridiculous stat today. Um, they've conceded no set-piece goals since Paul Clement came in and have also scored the most set-piece goals, eight, since he came in, um, which is a pretty ridiculous turnaround um, for them. But considering that they were bottom, on January 1 and 20th, four points adrift, and then ended up being safe, I think is is remarkable. I do not think that they end up being able to keep Sigurdsson, and because of that, there's every chance that they go down next year. I think a lot of teams are going to sniff around Lorente, as we mentioned uh, on our podcast where we were talking about um, which players from relegation-fighting teams would uh, bigger clubs be interested in. Even though they stayed up, they could still lose both of them which could make things very difficult for them last year. Because if you take the two of them away from it, it is a very championship-looking side. But um, but Tommy Carroll. <laughs> they do have big-time Tommy Carroll, um, who had a fair few really great assists for them. Oh, um, yeah, they all love him. All the Swansea fans love him. He's like one of their favorite players now. Yeah, he's he's very, very small. Um, but anyway, I, I apparently have this crazy soft spot for Swansea, and, and those were pretty great. I was uh, <laughs> at a coffee shop last week on my phone, watching the end of that Swansea match where they ended up winning, uh, keeping their chances of staying up. And it was just, again, very, very strange, very surreal. And I guess that's kind of the uh, uh, theme of, of my selections for uh, my favorite moments of the season. Fun fact, after I see Swansea play the Union in Philadelphia this summer, I will have seen them as many times live as I've seen Arsenal. So I apparently also have a Swansea bias. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, weird uh, side note about my trip is I also got to see West Brom play Liverpool, which means even though I got to see Tottenham at White Hart Lane, I've still seen Liverpool more times, six, than Tottenham, five. This is what happens when companies you work for have Liverpool fans running them. And then you just go to all the... And to be fair, Liverpool and Tottenham come to the States a lot, um, which makes that a whole lot easier. But uh, we will now head into Player Watch. Uh, where we'll quickly discuss a player who impressed and disappointed in our most recent match, and we'll cap that uh, with who you think your player of the season was. 
Yeah, it's a difficult one for me, this, because I, I do think most of the players were quite poor um, at Bournemouth. We looked like we were going to get a point at one point because of the impacts of the substitutes. Johan Goodmanson, particularly good from the bench. He provided the cross that Sam Volt scored from. Um, he's been injured a lot of this season, Goodmanson, but for me, when he is available, he should be in the team because he's direct, he gets good balls into the box. And we just look like scoring more goals when he's on the pitch. Um in terms of players who disappointed me, could probably pick a few players out for this. Um, I'm a massive fan of Stephen Ward, but I think it was probably his worst game of the season. He got caught out quite badly for Bournemouth's first goal. Just a pretty simple ball over the top that he let Junior Stanislas get onto. Should never have been allowed to win that ball. Um, and he just seemed like he'd down tools for the season, really. So hopefully he'll be back to his old self, consistent, reliable next season. Um, I think Ward would have been in the running really for for player of the season honours and probably all of our defenders and goalkeeper Tom Heaton as well but I I think it's difficult to overlook Michael Keane for for overall prize giving Um, our player of the season awards are right now I think but I fully expect Keane to sweep the board I think this season he's, he's really developed into one of the elite young players in the country and I don't think that's an over-exaggeration to say that. Um, obviously also fantastic to see a Burnley player playing for England Tom Heaton had, had a couple of little cameos but Michael Keane started two internationals looked absolutely at home, he was organising his more senior colleagues, it was just incredible to see um, and I'm sure wherever he goes in the summer he'll continue to be an England international I'm very excited to see what he does for the rest of his career and it. Um, for most recent match, no one played badly for first for us for the first time in weeks. So damn it, Kevin, um, <laughs> getting me on a good week. Um, as far as good, Granite Jaka played well. Granite Jaka has been playing well. Don't hate Jaka; he's not bad. Shut up, everyone. Um, Is no one Yama? Said all of the Spurs fans on Twitter. I hate that comparison because they're just not similar in any way. They very much are not. That is so correct, because Wanyama's actually good. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just ah, fair. Correct. Fair joke. Correct. It's a good joke, Kevin. <laughs> no, but John, uh, John Bruin on ESPN made that comparison. I'm like, well, I mean, if you put Wanyama in Jaka's role, he'd probably suck. If you put Jaka in Wanyama's role, he'd probably... I mean, he's not asked to do the same job, but it's just they're not mm. comparable. One passes, one destroys. It's just they're not the same. It's annoying. <laughs> Whatever. People suck. Um, that seems to be a common theme for me today. So you'll see how uh, that, <laughs> I took that West Ham win or loss to Liverpool. Um, uh, as far as the season, this really isn't a question. Like, it's Alexis Sanchez. Come on. He's scored 21 goals. Alexis and- Sanchez would probably, if this was like a medal situation, he'd get gold, silver, and bronze, and nobody else would be invited to the ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. Kishaldi's been good. He'd get bronze. I'll get bronze. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, Alexis is just, the fact that he didn't the season is a joke. Um, but I, I'm not actually that bothered. It's just kind of like underscored by the fact that he's, I think it was the ninth or 10th player in Premier League era to score 20 goals and get 10 assists. Uh, it's, he's really good. Really good. Only one of the goals has been for penalties too. So like legit 20 goals, 10 assists, no penalties involved throughout the mm. season. He's just, he's very good at the footballs. Um, uh, only player with uh, double-digit goals and assists. Yep, only player with No, that's what I was saying. He's the only... Oh, I think I said I specified 20 and 10. Maybe that was the specific thing. Yeah, no, that was the specific thing, but he's only like the ninth player ever in the Premier League era to do it. Um, he's really good. He's been he's really good. good. We've wasted him. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not really a question, so I'll just, you know, it's obvious. It's Alexis. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, for Tottenham, um, in this match on the day, like I said, Erickson had a very good match. Wanyama also had a, a beast of a match. And I, I don't want people to confuse this as the um, defensive player scores a goal. Oh, he must have been great because I, I very much hate when that like translates. <laughs> but Wanyama actually was getting forward a lot. It, it happened multiple times. Wanyama got caught a little bit further up the pitch than he typically plays. And... Manchester United players were actually trying to cut behind him to prevent him from being able to pass back. So he just kept wandering forward. Um, and it was very adventurous, but he still did his job at the back. Um, and I, I, I 
not to again rub salt right into wounds right after this uh Jaka non comparison thing. Um but he he's been so so good for us this season. I'm I'm surprised that both against Arsenal and against Manchester United, us using Wanyama and Dyer next to each other worked because in the beginning of the season it was easily our worst combination of things um, on the pitch. And, and really bringing Dembele in to pair with one of them is what really started our season. Um, but yeah, Juan Manyama was absolutely fantastic today. Um, <clears throat> and one thing that isn't really about today, um, but just on the season, because I'm not sure people are aware of this, is is Toby Alderweireld a better defender than Jan Vertonghen? Yes, but I, I think you can make a very strong case that Vertonghen has been the better of the two this season. Um, and I don't think a lot of people would assume that because Toby came in last year. Jan was kind of shaky. It was clear that Toby was the best of the two. Uh, but this year, I'd, I'd say it's uh, flip-flopped. Not that I don't think Toby has more ability and is more um, consistent at the back, which is huge for a center back because you're the last line of defense and a lot of teams lack that. Um, but yeah, I, I think Jan Vertonghen has had a fantastic season. Um, as for our player of the year, I already said, I, I think it has to be Harry Kane. Although I will say... Um, from live, Musa Dembele is so crucial to what we do. Um, Pochettino said earlier in the season that without Musa Dembele, there is no Tottenham Hotspur. Obviously, that's a lot uh, as a statement. Um, but I think what he meant is the way we play requires a player as physical as him being able to carry the ball um, from the defense up to the uh, more attacking midfielders like Eriksen and Ali and Son. Um, but yeah, I, I think it just has to go to Kane. The fact that he's been able to do this three straight years, 20-plus goals three straight years, is just genuinely absurd. And again, the fact that he's done it in almost 900 fewer minutes than Lukaku, who is only two goals behind uh, in the race for the golden boot, is just absolutely incredible. And Kane has two matches left. So uh, he he uh, may still be on track for that, which would obviously <laughs> just be ridiculous. Uh I will say while I was looking at that stat, Aguero is like on 18 and has played even fewer minutes than Kane, which is crazy. But he brought that on himself because he has like three suspensions this year, which your strikers probably shouldn't be getting. Um, Not (laughs) ideal. Yeah, it's not really something uh, that you want to go for, typically. Um, All right. uh, Now we will head into uh, match previews. We'll quickly discuss uh, what is coming up for our club's at uh, the weekend for Jamie and midweek for Dan and myself. So Jamie, we'll lead him with you. Yeah, just one game left for us, uh, West Ham at home. Um, hopefully West Ham will play like they did against Liverpool today and <laughs> just not turn up at all. I genuinely nice. don't know if they could play that poorly again. That was you profoundly think so. You'd expect some sort of reaction from them, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, After the third goal, I went and took a shower and was genuinely expecting it to be like 6 or 7 nil when yeah, I got out. I, I think Liverpool won a bit easy on them at the end, I think. Nah, genuinely, if, if Liverpool had wanted to score more goals, they could have easily got 7, 8, because West and we're just offering yeah. nothing. Um, I'd really like us to see put to. I'd really like us to pick some of the creative players that haven't featured a lot recently. Um, I mentioned Good Munson. I think if he's ready to start games, he, he should be in the team. Robbie Brady's not really been starting games, even though he's club record signing. Defoe, like I say, I think he'll leave. I'd love to see him get a game as well. Andre Gray could leave, King could leave, so I'll be saying goodbye to a couple of players, I'm sure, and and hopefully we'll try and put on a show. I think the last few weeks, as we've got closer to being mathematically safe, I think Dash has been a bit a bit too safety first. He, he's naturally cautious, and it's worked well for us. It's difficult to complain, and we won two 0 at Palace with a very defensive looking lineup. Um, but I think when you're at home, when the pressure's off, there is I think there's a bit more need to put on a bit of a show. The last game of the season, just if if we get beat, we get beat. But at least like try and do something <laughs> that's entertaining. Um, like I say, it has been quite difficult to watch Burnley the last few weeks. It's been very, very defensive, very scrappy. Um, so I'd like to see us just try and score some goals, um, really, and also try and get up the lead table a bit. I mean. On one sense, in one sense, it's irrelevant where we finish, but also you get two million pounds, I think, per place. So even these days, where the TV money dwarfs everything else, if we could get up two, three, four places higher, that could be one more signing in the summer. So 
I think we need to try and win the game, but also just try and be a bit more entertaining. And yeah, hopefully West Ham will just be terrible and roll over and we'll batter them. <laughs> there is every possibility that that could happen, <laughs> to be fair. Um, they're coming to you next. Uh, you're playing already relegated Sunderland. Um, although, and I noticed this um, when uh, Crouch scored, is if, if memory serves, Sigurdsson, Chadley, and Crouch, Owen oh, Townsend have all scored against you this year. So surely you have to be worried about ex Tottenham player like Jermaine Defoe scoring. First, I'm just picturing Jamie with that meme that the whole guy with the stick poking the Burnley batch would do something. But I just want to get it out of the way. Um, I don't know. Hope is dead. Um, is it realistically, even if Defoe scores one, we really, really should be scoring multiple goals against Sunderland at home. And how many more ex Tottenham players are in the? Uh, Sunderland team? I can't think. I'm trying to think if there are any others. I think it's, I think it's just him because he had the one. It's just a foul? All right. Yeah. I think we're good. Um, <laughs> you should be okay. <laughs> we've got to just score two goals. We've got our uh, Tottenham formed buffer, or our <laughs> Tottenham proof buffer. Um, if, if we don't beat Sunderland, we don't deserve to go to the final day. Come on. They're garbage. They're just so end the season on bad. 37 matches. Just played. don't play 38. <laughs> Everton are basically already on the beach, but may as well literally have them be on the beach. <laughs> just, there's no, if we can't beat Sunderland at home, which I, I'm i now less upset because Liverpool won, but I realized that I have a train booked during that entire game and I, I'm going to be on a train and can't watch, which is going to eat at me so much. And if we don't win, I just might not get off the train. Um, but yeah, we really need to win. Like, come on, guys. It's Sunderland. Please. <laughs> um, Tottenham will be traveling to Leicester, um, where they've carved the crest into their center circle, which is impressive, I suppose. Um, aside from that, Leicester's momentum has obviously died down a bit um, since they uh, got knocked out of the Champions League. That first like two or three weeks after Craig Shakespeare took charge, uh, they looked unbeatable again, which was pretty infuriating when it looked like this match would very much count towards either a top four race or a title race for us. Uh, but now that we've already um, secured second place, there's really nothing left for us this season. Um, I do think we'll continue to play Kane because I think he very much would like to win uh, that golden boot. And he doesn't have anything to do this summer for like the first time since he's been a starter for us. Because um, if someone will recall, he played the U21 World Cup. Um, after his first season, and then obviously at the Euros last season. Um, but uh, yeah, aside from that, I think we could see uh, a fair amount of rotation. Uh, <laughs> there is concern. Danny Rose was supposed to be back like a month ago, and he just disappeared. Obviously, Lamella has been ruled out for the season for a yeah, while Rose now. And Eric Lamella are just somewhere in the My, my theory is that they're both ideas that Tottenham fans <laughs> have had, and they aren't actually physical entities. Yeah, um, that would make about as much sense as anything else that's gone on with their situations in the last right, six yeah. months. <laughs> They're just super gone. Um, but anyway, uh, d- as far as predictions go, Kyle Walker's going to start this one because that's how rotation works. 12 matches in a row that they've been rotated. Um, this will obviously make it 13. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with us. But nothing um, will change in the league table for us. Uh, so yeah, it'll, I don't know. <laughs> It'll definitely be an interesting one. Uh, Leicester can get top 10 if I'm not mistaken. So they may actually be trying to do things <laughs> for lack of anything better to say there. Yeah, they're on 43 points. They could get as high as 8th. Oh, dang. That's pretty impressive. Oh, and Jamie, you're, you're, yeah, you could jump up a fair bit. You could jump up to 11th. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, Palace, wow. would have been, Palace would have been in so much trouble if they'd lost today and they could finish in the top half. Yeah, Palace would have been one point ahead of Hall if they'd lost today. That's craziness. Man, yeah, Swansea are... Let's see. They're less than 10 points off 8th. They're on 38, West Brom are in 8th on 45. Yeah, it's because because pretty much all the teams in the league have got to 40 points and then just stopped. (laughs) Yeah. West Brom got to 45 and then didn't score a goal for six games. Yep. Southampton have been terrible for weeks. Watford have been terrible for months. All yeah. these teams have just, like, sacked off the season already. Yeah. It's funny how there's the top six, the bottom 
13. And Everton. And Everton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Illegal and Rome, Everton. Yeah. yeah. What what a, they should re, do a remake of a league of their own, and instead of women playing baseball, it's just Everton being pretty okay for most of the season. <laughs> oh man, like it wouldn't get great ratings. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, understandably. Cumin's manager, he's effective, but he's not the most fun. Yeah, I think fans of the original film League of Their Own would be very confused by this seemingly yes. uh, non-connected sequel. Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, I'm not going to do a full end of the season speech thing here uh, because we may end up doing a show next week, and if not, I'll do it at the end of my uh, Tottenham segment at the end of the year. Um, but thanks so much to you guys for coming on all year and uh, sharing your opinions, and also today as well. Uh, if you'd like to tell the folks uh, where they could find you, now would be a great time. Yeah, I've been Jamie Smith. I host Birmingham FC podcast, None and Ever, which you can get at noneandever.net. I also blog for ESPN FC about Burnley, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jamie Smith with Fs instead of a TH. Hi, I'm Dan, Arsenal fan, and for more of my groundbreaking opinions, like Alexis Sanchez is good at football, <laughs> uh, you can get and dogs when Arsenal concede. I tweet dogs when we concede instead of curse words now. It's, it's an improvement. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Yeah, and I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, at Kevroff on Twitter. Uh, I write over at Goal.com, and uh, you can also find me on the FPL Roundtable, which is the fantasy version of this, kind of, loosely. Um, But you can find that on this same podcast channel. Also do videos over at uh, VIPBet.com. So be sure to check all those things out. I'm sure there are other things I'm forgetting. But shout out to those people as well. Uh, But uh, thanks to both of you for coming on. Jamie, uh, congratulations on staying up this time. Obviously, very pleased about that. Going to continue to be uh, able to speak with you, which is always a pleasure. Dan, uh, as long as you beat Sunderland, I guess we'll speak soon. Say we are staying up. up. (laughs) Arsenal are indeed staying up. And on that, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always. And we hope you keep listening. 